All I see is black and white. Black and white. Black and white. All I see is black and white. Hey guys, we're back. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Episode 11 off Black the Podcast. It's me, The Don B. That's at The Don B on all platforms. I'm here with my other half. It's me, K Nicole. It's K.Nicole.Artistry on Instagram and Kayla Nicole on Facebook. Yeah, guys. Um, thanks for coming back. We got some special guests in the house. We're super excited. Um, this is a special edition episode of Off Black because of everything going on. Needs no introduction. You already know what's up. So we had to bring some help in to get, you know, some opinions on the state of the world and some other things. So um, you guys can introduce yourselves if you like to. We got Miss Ziggy Bailey in the house. Hello. I am Ziggy Bailey, author, entrepreneur. Would I say influencer? Yeah. Influencer, mother, superwoman, pretty yes, much. Man. Extraordinaire. Put on a cape. <laughs> I am Ziggy Bailey. Hello. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Who else we got? We got. Hey guys, I'm Janelle L. Phillips, um, Booksy Biz Educator, um, also Credit Educator, um, and also Guys with Ties Philanthropy. So we're just doing everything that we possibly can to educate people, um, to empower people, as well as support the community. All right. Oh, man, thank you for joining us today. We got one more in the house, you guys. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um, my name is Wallace Nozeal, but I go by TMP, stands for the Musician Physician. Um, my handle is TMP Lyrics, pretty much across the board. I'm a board-certified dermatologist, also do Mohs surgery um, and reconstructive surgery. Uh, and I sing, sing and songwrite. Songwriting is a big thing, but I got a couple vocals as well. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. You want a me, 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 me? <laughs> what, what, you want to give us a little sample? What? A little lip. Lift every voice and sing. Uh, no, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when people put me on the spot. All right. Oh, you like, can sing, Ziggy? No. I remember I can remember growing up with Wallace in middle school and we used to like pressure him to sing in class like oh, all man. the time. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be like, sing that new Avant song. <laughs> 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 it's tired of yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, do thing. Okay. Give us a little sample. Serenade the lake. Wait, Don't should we it. like charge for this part of the segment? I mean, we don't uh, do free vocals. So, <laughs> you know, so subscribe to our Patreon, guys. This is going to be our own, on our OnlyFans page. I'm doing a post recently. I did a little uh, remake of one of my favorite songs of all time, Usher Love Is In Friends. Okay. Not my favorite, one of my favorites. Sure. All right. Um, all right. Baby, how you doing? Hope that you're fine. Want to know what you got in mind tonight. And we're feeling like Joe to see, girl, I can't leave you alone. Take a shot of this hip patrol, and it's gonna be on. VIP didn't got way too Ooh. crowded. Okay. Oh. I'm about to end up calling it a night. It's a night. I'll let your girl tell her that she came to see. Hey. Put our beep beep shotgun in the GT with me. What? She said, oh, I'm ready to ride. What? I was like, yeah. Because once you get inside, you, you can't change your mind. Don't be the sign of patience, but you got a problem, baby. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yeah, 
We all came in at the end, so I'm gonna need my check in the mail ASAP. Yeah, I mean, I need a little royalties. I'm just saying. I just need 5%. Ain't even trying to be greedy. You know what I'm saying? This COVID ain't working right now. I'm just need a little check. This little change. This little change. You're a doctor. You're the only person been working. Hello. The hell, I'm doing number two. Girl, these ain't no emergencies. I've been volunteering free fucking time. Oh, man, free time. <laughs> oh no, we curse here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you know, I'm Thank trying to restrain myself, but I'm gonna say some bad words. I'm just letting y'all know right I now. Listen, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. With the cursing. Just last week, yeah. I started doing some cursing work, and we're on the radio, we so we probably shouldn't be. As, but you know, it is what it is. 2020. Um, we're rambling right now, y'all, but y'all know they're used to this with us. They used to yeah, come the on, fans Kayla. understand. <laughs> We're killing time. Oh no, you got your phone. No, I got no, it. No, what's there? But uh, yeah, guys. So um thank you again. Thanks everybody for joining us. We want to just go ahead and dive into today's topic. We're gonna get into the heavy stuff later on, but first we want to start off a little bit, you know, it's not light by any means, but interracial dating is the topic of the day and i feel like we have several different opinions in the room so can we please silence all of our phones and tablets and devices for more. Yes, okay some of us have never podded it's okay we have a pod virgin yes. we, yeah. uh, we believe in shame is the way to correct people yeah. so oh, sorry is. about that so me? I had to call you out. We'll shame you into submission. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, sounds, we want to talk about it, but you know, really not heavy. in the kind of way that I think social media does, where it kind of just makes it a, uh, an anomaly and makes people feel bad for it. But we wanted to kind of figure out, because I had actually witnessed a conversation online and it went viral and it was black men and it was a trending thing and people were sharing it and sharing it. And it was black men, you know, um, they were praising the relationship between Young Jock and Jamie Mai, where she's Asian and he's black. And it was saying, like, this is why um, black men, you know, go this way because black women are X, Y, and Z, insert negative connotation about a black woman. Mm -hmm. And it was just black men. And you saw them constantly um, posting those things. And my question was, why do black men feel the need to defend themselves so harshly and then, you know, insult the black woman as their way to you know, explain why they did outside the race, but also as black women, are there any truths to what some of what these black men are saying about us? Mm. Because that's a deeper question that I think a lot of us don't like to, I think it's easy to get offended and like say, you're wrong, you're wrong. We're not that. Then to say, well, where does this come from? Why are they saying these things? Why, where does it come from? So Jamel, I'll start with you as a black man. Do you ever date outside your race? Um, so I have dated outside of my race. Um, I've dated all different types of ethnicities. Um, I'm very open-minded when it comes to love and relationships because to me, love is love is not a color. Right. Love is love is a cool person is, and that I'm looking for that interview. Don't know. Now, of course, I'm gonna be like, okay, am I attracted to how you look? Right. Right. But after that, it's about who are you really? Right. Um, and I can actually say that I've learned a great, a tremendous amount about myself. Um, and as well as what I want and don't want by dating outside of, of my race. Right. You know, so that helped me to learn, man, like, wow, like, yeah, I totally wouldn't do that. But this is something that I do love about a black. Right. Right. What about you, um, TMP? Um, I mean, for me growing up, I guess it was it was a little different. I've always been the type of person that I'll really date any race as long as I vibe with you. Um. I would say the only thing, the only thing growing up, especially like at least towards high school and like once I got older that I realized I probably didn't want to date 
was white American women. Mm. Um, and that's not because of a racial thing. It's not because of, you know, there are no pretty white women. There are pretty white women, of course. It was more a cultural thing. Okay. We yeah. just, yeah, we just don't Clash see eye to eye culturally. Yeah. And I'm a very difficult person to be with at baseline. You know what I mean? So, I feel you. Yeah, it just, I knew that it wasn't something that would work out. So it wasn't really something. And at least it was something you tried. Yeah. So you, you felt like it was a trial and error. It didn't work out. So you were just yeah. figured it wasn't for you. Yeah. So what about you, Ziggy? Have you ever dated outside your race? Well, well, I have a question. What other races did you decide were not for you to date? Hmm. Like I said, I would think it's just more a cultural thing. So it was mostly white American. But even then, it's like Southern white American, it kind of does go with my culture. So I can clash with that just because, you know, Southern people are a little different than the rest of the country. Because they're a little more submissive, maybe? No, I don't think it's because they're more submissive. Um... You said you were difficult to deal with, so you would need a woman that is a little more submissive. Oh, no. I don't mean difficult to deal with as, as in I need you to do things my way. Mm-hmm. It's just, man, now you going to have me explain myself. No, we're <laughs> in, we want to hear I think I got it. I, it was like your background would be complicated to like, that, you know, if he's like a white girl versus like you're like biracial Moroccan, like the whole like. They love it. They do, but, no, but he's, uh, I culturally, think, I think he's like, would that work? He can't is, relate, and they can't relate to him. The right. thing is, I think white girls like a lot of biracial guys because they're half white, half black, and so they can identify a little more with that white culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm half black, half North African. Right. So I never had that culture growing up. So half of my family was over in North Africa, so I was raised by my black family. You know what I mean? And then even once I did actually get really into, like, being able to go back, because my mom was here illegally for a while, so we couldn't go back and see her family. So when we were finally able to go back and see my mother's side of the family, even that culture, like I was still in because my mom always felt like wherever I am, that's my country and that's how we're going to live. So that culture I grew up with as well. But I never really grew up with, you know, like white family members who had different thoughts that we had, you know, conversations at a dinner table about how they feel and how they view things and how they see things. And of course, being from different cultural backgrounds, we're all going to see things differently. So for me, at least, for me, there's a lot of black women that I can't date. It has nothing to do with how they look at the color skin. It's just we were raised. When it comes to dating, a huge part of it is culture. Because what, what happens when two people come together, they're coming together to create a culture. So, you know, you have to compare visions, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges is if your culture is completely different than mine's, or your vision is completely different than mine's, and, I, and those visions don't fit together, then there's an issue. I agree. So for me, I'm a very busy business person, always doing something. I don't stop. I don't turn it off. Been single for a while. So when I meet somebody, they would have to understand it's not necessarily just about you know me working to work, right? Right. That's a that's a that's my identity there, but I'm doing it for a reason. I'm doing it for legacy purposes. I'm doing it because as a black man, I want to set the example and the precedent of what it is to be a black man and be a representation for our culture wow. and also be an example for my children. Does that make sense? Yes. So if the woman that I meet doesn't understand that and she just wants to hang out and wants to chill, doesn't doesn't have her own purpose or her own vision, or, you know what I'm saying? Or can help me with minds, now we have a conflict, right? Yeah. And so I think when it comes to dating, you know, people, it's not just this. So that, that's the important piece of it. So then within your culture, how do you find those people? What environments are you frequenting 
that you'll come into contact with those people so that the two of you can come together and you find somebody that has the right chemistry. So when it comes to my life, I can't restrict myself based on race if I don't meet, because I might not ever meet the person who is a perfect fit for me and I'm a perfect fit for them and then we can come together and create a culture and leave a legacy. Exactly. I agree that culture is a huge deal. Before I go back to mm -hmm. me dating outside of race, culture is a huge deal. But if, I feel like if you don't restrict yourself to not necessarily black women, but women of our culture, you can't leave a legacy as a black man. You're just leaving a legacy as a man. Because I, one thing I have realized, I have dated outside of my race. And I have a son who's half white. So I dated a white man for, we were together six years. We were best friends in middle school, high school, so I have, I've known him most of my life. Mm -hmm. I was never attracted to white men, he was never attracted to black women. So that's, we were just, we loved each other as friends, right. and we ended up being together. But it taught me a lot about, like he said, about myself and what I do and what I don't like, and what I do and what I don't want. And, and I've dated Hispanic, one thing that I know for sure, I gotta have a, a black man next to me. Cultural reasons, and then I realized that a man outside of my race could never appreciate me for me. They don't, they're not experienced with women like me. So they'll experience you for a woman, you know what I'm saying? But they don't, they don't understand, you know, black women sometimes you, you might wake up on the wrong side of the bed, they don't understand it. You might wait, you might go to the beauty shop and get weed put in your hair. They don't understand it. So that's part of culture. Mm -hmm. So yes, I, culture is a very big deal and that's why I have learned that it is definitely best for culture to stick together. And from him saying that the American white woman is not for him, you being culturally raised, you said your mother was Moroccan? Yeah. That makes sense. His culture is not the same as that culture. Mm -hmm. And culture is a very big deal, and I think culture exists for a reason. Now, I believe we are supposed to date and experience other races, because that's how we learn who we are. And that's how we learn how to maneuver in the world and navigate. But when it comes time to somebody running my household, it's got to be a king next to me, baby. Don Juan says that's real talk, Z. <laughs> it's got to be a king next to me. Because I love myself too much, I love my father too much, he a black man. So, and they say a lot of women look for men like their father, yeah. but just all around me. Yeah. All the women, who, men who ever protected me, all the men who ever provided for me and loved me have been black men. And I, did, I owe it to them to love them back. And instead of being what stereotypical black women are, I have completely changed myself to be what the black man needs me to be. I am supportive, I am nurturing, I am kind, I am gentle, I am uplifting, I am affectionate, because that's what I'm supposed to be to my black man. Okay, okay, you better. I'm not mad at that. Do you believe that that's something that all black women mm -hmm. have the capability of being black women? I wrote a book about it, just okay. in case she yeah. wanted to learn. Tell about the book. Mm -hmm. It's called Reclaiming the Throne. And it is because when I stopped dating that white man, they're all a little racist on the inside. They don't even know. Mm -hmm. Like there was a lot of things said about 
me, the men in my family, the women, the how black women are, they're, they're too hard to deal with. Even my black friends don't deal with black women because they're fucking a, a hassle, they're too hard to deal with, and they always have kids and they're promiscuous, all these horrible things. All the black women I have known in my life have been the most resilient people on this planet, have been the most supportive people on this planet, and now the most educated people on this planet. So I would, I, I didn't like that, but I listened, and it let me know how we look in the world, mm -hmm. and only we can change that. Mm -hmm. We we didn't create it. The our ancestors passed down this mentality to us. So black men, don't say that we're difficult. You have to understand because we got to understand y'all too. You have to understand what we've been taught. You have to understand the mentality of the woman who raised the woman who raised the woman who raised me. And that is what is passed down. They couldn't pass down uh, being affectionate and gentle because that was only uh, white females who were treated like that in this world. My grandmother couldn't even go to a restaurant and use a bathroom because her skin was too dark. So what do you think she taught my mother? Baby, you got to be strong. Don't let people take advantage of you. You got to do this and you got to do that. And that's the same thing my mother taught me. So therefore, that's all I knew. But we've been doing it all wrong. So we can still be strong, but we have to be progressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what my book is about. It, it breaks down our history. I did, I researched every race of woman in America. And it ended up being that African American women had the worst history of any other woman in America. Mm -hmm. At one point in this world, to be a woman, you didn't have rights. And to be black, you did not have rights. And that time coincided. So who do you think was at the bottom of that barrel? A black woman. But we still rise. Like my Angela. All right, now. Nah. All right, so I guess the, the other side of the question is, and I know, Ziggy, just, you're going to get triggered, so breathe for a second. for a second. We're going to let our brothers answer this. Why do you appreciate that? No, no, of course. Uh, definitely, we definitely appreciate it. So why do you guys think that, with all that being said and with all the knowledge that I think black men have, Oh, it's one of the real, realest podcasts in the world, for real. Y'all need to get on TV Nationwide. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but this ain't Ziggy Podcast, though. For the people listening, I'm gonna be on, the the radio. Radio. <laughs> the listening on the radio, we're going live yeah. and we're recording this, so don't yeah. be confused if we're just going back and forth. You just you oh, yeah, start sure. a story and you jump for into sure. that. But anyway, so I just want to, oh yeah, <laughs> it's a lot, sorry, yeah. but anyway. Um, I want to ask you guys, is there any truth that you've personally experienced while dating a black woman as to why you feel black men feel the need to go against a black woman so hard, you know, as an excuse as to why they choose to date outside the race, you know, i.e. black women are too strong or too independent or we're too much like a man to even have a man or, you know, all those kind of negative connotations and stereotypes that come along with being a black woman have you experienced it and do you feel there's any truth to it and do you yourself use those excuses when backed against the wall by a black woman? Sorry, I'm gonna grab my phone. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh man, you gonna eh, say the best for last. That guy, uh, I know he's gonna come with some correct stuff, so I need to go All right, and get so my let, So let, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Okay, hey guys. I'll say this. Um, what it boils down to is healing. Mm. A lot of us, we enter relationships, we enter, you know, we start dating, we enter relationships, and we haven't fully healed ourselves. Right. Right? So to me, the root is healing. 
Um, because we seek companionship over partnership. And you have to prepare for partnership, right? Ooh, that's a, that's a, you, that was a word. Say that one more time. That was a word. <laughs> Say that again. So, so we're seeking companionship mm. because we're lonely, but you have to prepare for partnership. Mm. And then when you're you equipped for partnership, then you can take it to a different level. It's a different thing. And so I believe that what happens is, because the black, you got to think about it, as black people, we have been through a lot, mm-hmm. right? As a black man, I'm, I'm going to keep, keep it all the way real right now. Please. As a black man, do you know what I have had to do, what I have had to go through to educate myself, to teach myself, to learn what my family couldn't teach me, what my parents did? To, so I've taken on the personal task in my lifetime to completely transform the beliefs, the understandings, that the financial principles, all these things about, about, about you know, life and, and fundamental principles so that way I can pass that on to my future generation. Right. Right? So I've taken on that task. Now, how many of us black men start out with that information mm-hmm. compared exactly. to other cultures? Right. Right. Exactly. right. So, so now, so then what we do is, we young, you know, we have fun. We see, we see these beautiful black women. Thank you. You're like, man, you know. So we start doing I wouldn't be president. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a man's role, but I'd definitely be vice. Just, I got remember it. Remember, guys, we're also live on social media. So if he's just <laughs> replying. <laughs>
So, so what happens is in that process of men, of black men being boys and not men, and then dating the black women, what happens is, oh, like I'm, I'm frustrated, I'm angry because I need a man, and I'm dealing with somebody that's not a man, so I'm frustrated, so I lash out, right? I'm just expressing what I need. Hurt people, hurt people. Amen. So now, so now the black man is like, you know what? I can't deal with this. I'm still a boy, but I don't like having to deal with this. So let me go see if I can find somebody else that can, that, that, that makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. I got a poem for you. <laughs> go ahead. Little girls play with dolls in doll houses while the boys play. And then they become teenagers and they go to school and they get good grades while the boys play. And then they grow up and they take care of the kids and they take care of the house and they take care of the finances while the boys play. Niggas just play all day. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we've come up as a people, 
we've been trampled down. So now parents don't know how to raise strong black children. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the big, which is the reason why we have to teach ourselves, as Jamel said. And when we're teaching ourselves, we're not going to get it that quick. You see little white kids, they're learning how to manage money at the age of seven and eight yeah. years old. Mm -hmm. I didn't start learning how to manage money until after medical school. Wow. I was a grown-ass man about to make money, and I didn't know what to do with wow. it. The system's designed that way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's You're not taught that in school. We're, we're not, they're not, no. They don't educate us that, that in school. Because they know that they're educating them at home. Right. But we didn't get that education on because our parents don't know that shit. I mean, but our parents are trying to survive. Our parents are trying to survive. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, we're going to get there. We may need to go ahead. It'd be like Our parents are just trying to survive and struggle. So what happens is, they're so, so, so this is the, what's the number one reason for divorce? Financial. We don't understand money. Our home is broken. Yeah. So it's just like, it's breaking and so we're fighting and we're trying. So, I mean, some people might date outside the race because they're trying to get more. That's true too. I mean, that's trying a, to learn about everything is. It, it's, mm. it's true. Well, like here's the thing, I'm a, and I haven't, you know, chimed in for a reason. I wanted to hear all of you guys' um, opinions, but I'm just gonna say, like for me personally, I have dated outside my race, um, sparingly, not much, because I, I mean, I am biracial. Right. You know, I'm Puerto Rican and black. I have not dated anyone Latin or Puerto Rican, um, but I have dated like black, white. Um, for me. I think that my opinion may be a little more controversial than some, and that's fine. But I have um, issues internally that I can admit mm -hmm. that I need to deal with when it comes to interracial dating. That's what's There's things that trigger me about it simply because of the sensationalization. You know, the way it's been sensationalized, um, oftentimes you see a trend of wealthy, um, black men or black men who achieved a certain status or a certain something before their name or, you know, a certain amount of fame, they automatically get a trophy wife that's either racially ambiguous or white. And that's it's not, and it's not, the, yeah, well, Asian lady is the problem. Well, this is, it's not necessarily a problem. <laughs> it's a problem. I just think it would not be an issue for black women if it weren't so prevalent. It happens so often that it's no longer by accident. It's no longer, you know, oh, I just met this person and we fell in love and it was genuine. No, you honestly have seen black athletes, black actors actually come out and say, like, what's his name? Um, who am I thinking about? Uh, Columbus Short. Like, he was saying it. And then you have the guy who plays. Um, yeah, what did he say? What Columbus Short said. About Michael Bay. Yeah. I mean, Michael B. like white girls too. Michael B. Book. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he said that too. Yeah. So, anyway, the, my point is this. Like, you they know, you remember that stuff. clip that went famous of those football players with their white wives? Like, oh, let's cheers to mix, more mixed kids, like more mixed babies. Uh -huh. Because they want that aesthetically pleasing child that has the green eyes and the good hair and is light skin. So I think that my issue with interracial dating is if you have authentically fallen in love with someone, right. that's a beautiful thing. I'm biracial, how the hell can I speak against it? Right. But when you, when you as, a man, as a man of color, when you have counted us out... Just because. Because they feel like that's what I have an issue. If you're telling me that society-wise, having this melanated sister on your arm makes you look a certain way in front of your colleagues, that to me is an insult. You're saying that we're not intellectual enough, we're not good enough, we're not pretty enough. Aesthetically... Well, now you're assuming. They never No, but that's what you're... That's how we're internalizing it as black women. We are. What are we not enough of we jump into that, that. Yeah, but, but, that, but it's the truth, but it's the but truth, that's how we internalize it. So, but, but 
but how many sisters are riding it out with that dude that does make it? No, I'm with you. I, I see no, no, all no, no. sides of it. It's not about riding it out. Yeah. They would love to ride it out. Yeah. But niggas don't keep the same chick that rode it out with them because now they got to show this is where I'm at. This is my status yeah. now. So like see, I said, it's, see, it's, got, if it's authentic, I'm all for it. But when you blatantly have counted us out, by saying, like I was saying on those posts, like, oh, I don't, I don't date like black women. Yeah. I don't date black women because they're ghetto. Or I don't date well, black women because, really? Oh. <laughs> right. I think you should. Uh, anyway. This is what I'm saying. But that was my issue. Like, if you have counted us out for all your negative stereotypical thoughts about us, that's my issue. I definitely agree. And, but hold on, let me just finish and then I want, I want everybody to say what they okay. say. And then I'm done. But I have a personal <laughs> issue when I see, I've never been that black girl that got triggered by seeing a black man with a white woman. I've never had that feeling. Um, I just, like I said, I'm against the people that speak against us for reasons that don't make sense. Um, but, when I, but for some reason, I get more triggered as a black woman when I see a black woman with a white man. And I'm going to tell you why. Please. I've always felt as a black woman, this is just me, do not... This isn't the Bible. This is just me. My internal thought when I see it is that I've always felt in my heart that a white man does not does not deserve us as they a black don't. woman. As a black woman, we've been pillaged, we've been raped, we've been assaulted, we've been put in zoos for our breasts and our butts. We've been made fun of by this that culture. We've been raped by this culture. Right. And to see us on the arm of those people whose ancestors did that, as a black woman, it triggers me. And that's Absolutely. not something that anybody else has to agree with. That's just my own issue that I need to work through. But No, 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 that's not. But I'm, but I'm just saying that's me because that's that's not, not all white men are bad, you know, so I can't say that. But what I'm saying is that that's what the feeling is that it gives me do. when I see it. So <laughs> I just want to throw my two cents in. Jamel, go ahead. I know you've been holding off. <laughs> um, I think we all got Triggered, and they'd be like, "Oh, see," and then, and then, and then 
the reverse happens when a black guy sees a white. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if we could just heal those conversations and figure out why it's triggering, why it's a thing. Why do you think that black women are difficult? Why do you think black men are doing this instead of just shaming people? I think that would get us a little bit further. Okay. But we never have these conversations. It immediately goes to like, oh, see you with the white girls, or see you with whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's all. I'm saying the healing thing is like the most important baseline yeah. here. Yeah. It's like we can talk all we want to, but nobody wants to own their part of the conversation. Yep. True. Hello. So that's all. Yeah. So okay. Okay. let me yeah. drop a two piece on that. Mm-hmm. Two piece. So, so, okay. so, back. so the first part of it, I, I kind of want to talk about okay. you know, what you guys mentioned in terms of the you being triggered when you see people, um, you know, different cultures together, mm-hmm. right? So the first part of that is would be, and this is just a question, I want everybody to think about it. Mm-hmm. With racism, When will we get to the point to where we can look at people who are in love together, no matter their culture, right. mm-hmm. and accept that? Right. Because to me, when we arrive at that place, then we then racism no longer exists. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not it's not a black or white thing, or it's it's just I see two people together, no matter what their backgrounds are, they're figuring it out. They're figuring out their master of this love thing. Right. Which is challenging enough as it is. That's right. right. Okay. So. I want to propose this question. Do you guys think it's possible black men stray away from black women because they're running away from their mothers who were so dominant Mm -hmm. that they want a more submissive woman Mm -hmm. that has a different culture? I think that's a a really big part of it. Not only their moms, but the women they grew up around. But the thing is, we don't understand how important understanding is. So once that man tries to understand the the women in his culture, he's not even attracted to anything else because he knows I am the king of this culture. I have to heal these women. Mm-hmm. Who else going to lead us? If y'all don't accept us, who else going to accept us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, every other race man want to fuck. They want to get sucked, all that stuff. No one's going to understand us and know us like us. And if we can't look to our own men to love us back, <laughs> we fucked in the game. But we have to love you guys back, too. No, uh, go ahead. It's like, what came first, right? The chicken or the egg? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, you want the men to be there for the women, but at the same time, you, we need the women to build up the men. But they've been broken by those men, the men ahead of them. You know what I mean? So it's like, everybody kind of stop pointing the finger and kind of just, like, own up to be like, this yes. is what I want to do. You know what I mean? I think it's equal parts. Like, I think yeah. that, like... That's why I wrote the book, because we can't control the men in our culture. Only thing we can control is us. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we are the matriarch. We're the mother in the household. We can run that whole thing. So we start there and start gener- generating love and affection from the ch- from childhood. Then maybe we can raise a healthier, you know, race of African American children. But we still need the men to understand us. We need you. We need you to understand because we love you guys. I don't ain't nothing sexier to me than the. Stone Cold Black Ass Man. I know that's right. Shit, I'm out. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, you got to come on back home. But this is this goes into this is why it is a problem, and I can't say a problem for Jeezy with the Asian lady because it's exactly what you right. said. Once men do get a certain status and and financial stability, they do ter- usually turn away from their own culture so they can feel like they make it. But as an African American culture, we so far below zero that when when one of us does get up, especially a man, the king of the, of the culture, mm. we expect him to lead. And we expect him to make some progression for us. Right. So when they halted by not even having a queen next to him, you're like, God damn. We thought you were going to do something. What's up? I just think one. We're going to start a new segment. Oh. Oh, just hit stop. Yeah, hit stop right. first. All right, guys, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Hey guys, this episode is also brought to you in part by Shawn Michael Co. Shawn Michael Co. has a goal to create clothing for every situation in life while also striving to provide the most comfortable experience ever. So head on over right now to SeanMichaelCo.com, that's S-H-A-N MichaelCo.com, and use my promo code DONB to get $5 off your total purchase. You're welcome. goes back to parents raising their children right. I think... One thing we're not actually looking at is the fact that once we actually do start doing something, coming from this broken history and home that we come from, usually there aren't a lot of us around. Right. I mean, when I was in college, shit was awkward. Like, I went from a high school that was predominantly black, you know, all my friends, and now I go to a university, and it's like, thank God I brought, like, three of my friends with me, but aside from that, there aren't really a lot of people that look like, look like me. Yeah. And that shit gives you a complex. Mm. It gives anybody a complex. It gives black women a complex. It gives black men a complex. And then once you start finally getting on that grind, at some point you're just like, whatever, I'm not even worried about these people. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm going to get on my grind. I don't think it's so much that once they get to where they're going, they always let the person go. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because that's just a damn lie. It happens often. It happens. But I think another thing is, as Jamel was kind of pointing out towards in a relationship aspect, when you're on your grind, sometimes shit just doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Because I get because I know when I got yeah, when I got focused and I was like, all right, I want to get into med school. But that's not about race though. No, it's not about that's race. Just that's just Well let me finish. Let me finish. So like I said, once once you get in your grind, you're focused. Right. And people may not understand that. And so you might not necessarily be the person that ends it. It might be, you know what? You're not making time for me. You don't love me. So I need to ride. Right. This isn't for me anymore. I don't. I and yeah. And then once you get to where you're going, there isn't a lot of people that look like you around. Of course not. They don't yeah. let us get up there. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. So I think that that is a part of the problem. I think once we can, as I said before, which I think is really the underlying issue behind our communities, that we don't have any economic wealth and we don't get to the places that we need to go because we're being held down. I think once more of us are up there, I think we'll actually have each other's presence around and be able to build up on each other to be able to have those options. And then you were really saying that, that. And you were on Instagram the other day, you were saying that, you know, we need to see the table. table. And the only way we can get it. It's not from riding. Mm-hmm. 
that's just going to make us look worse than they already feel about exactly. us. Yeah. Exactly. We have to start in the home. We have to start educating our children. Educating, making sure the women are educated. So guess what? When we show up, we showing up. Right. Okay. The wife on point, the husband on point, the kids on point, yeah, everybody so on point. Gonna to, Who's going to say no? Let's try to wrap up this segment. We're going to let Jamel talk, and then we're going to go into our next segment. So tie into that. Yeah. That's what's so important. Because when you're building something, when two people come together to build an empire, if one of them falls down or something happens, the other person needs to be able to manage that. Yeah. So like the way that I build this thing, I'm like, I need somebody that can take over if something ever happens to me. Amen. But the, the challenging thing for me is being a black man, and like I don't know many, I don't come across too many black women who can, who one can grasp the vision, you know, or even are in the environments that are frequent. Mm. Yeah. So what environments so, so, are you frequenting? I mean, well, that there's no we're black all, women. We're, we're, I mean, we're always constantly working. <laughs> the same ones I'm frequenting. So I'm, I'm like, where is that? Exactly. I 100. I'm not the type of dude that's hanging out in the club all the time. Right. But that's you thinking that only black women hang out in the club. I'm not saying that. I don't see them where I'm at. But I'm curious as a. Somebody said that about because I love Fifty Cent, right? So somebody said the same thing, like. Well, I'm sure wherever he is, there's just the same women. Like, I'm sure he would date you if he knew you, but there's just always those type of women there. Well, go go find a black bitch somewhere. It's one somewhere. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like, y'all been letting these other race of women and white women come up off their name, money, fame for years. And that's why people keep talking about that little girl, uh, what's Steve Harvey's daughter name? Oh, Lori Harvey? Yeah, don't oh, fuck with her. Let that girl make her lane. White bitch has been coming up for years off black niggas. Let her... Do what she doing. What's she doing? Dating a lot of black dudes. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, oh, but <laughs> she's gorgeous. She's real, very pretty. But thank, get somebody in there now. But um, you're saying you don't go where we are, Jamal. <laughs> Obviously. I just want to speak to what y'all were saying. I, cause I go ahead. I mean, I'm, oh go shit, ahead. I don't even know what I was getting ready. To I'm say. sorry. But I mean, no, no. So when a man does get some type of money and power in our community, we we expect him to progress the culture forward. Kodak Black can't do it, so we don't get fucked in these days. But and that's like myself. That's why I knew I couldn't date a white man because I know in this life I'm going to be progressing my culture forward at some point. Can't have a white man next to me. Got to be a king. So where would so I want I want you to talk to where a black man got stuff together, got a vision, right? Where are you going into a successful black woman who's on her grind, doing her thing? And happens to want Here's the thing, back. guys. There, here's the thing. Can I just say that part? No, I agree with that. I agree with that. There's been senses I wanted to date. That's what's going on. They're just like, yeah, you're not my type. And that's okay, too. Yeah. That's which, 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 I mean, I'm not going to fret about, but it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to be. But I just feel like it's the year 2020, and I'm a black woman, and I think on average, I would say five to ten black men a month probably slide in my DMs. So you're gonna tell me in the year 2020 with all this technology and all these data, if you are actively as a black woman looking for a black woman who's on your level, who's successful, who gets your vision with all the hundreds of thousands of black women right in your cell phone. Well, you can't, black women, you know, that's that's not what I'm saying. That's 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 I'm just saying, you know what? No, so Sisters, no, 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 no. What you wait? What you trying to say? All right, hold on, guys. Hold on. Let them finish. 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 Let them finish.
saying, like in the same term, because I am not all black. Sometimes right. it's just a like I like to think so, kind of like the show, bro. But yeah, I like to think so. I'll like, take you. Hey, come on for the team. You go, Lois. <laughs> My baby look like you. Right? <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah. 
to go out and look for one, though. Like, people are allowed to have what they like. Like, I feel like it's not a portrayal, a portrayal to the culture if you're not dating a black person. But I think it's dangerous when you make blanket statements like, oh, then I'm, he said, then I'm a level, so I'm not dating them. I was like, that's not what he said. He said. No, he was saying that he couldn't find one. They're not in that the same place. On the same wavelength with him. Like, he's busy, right. he's doing this, he's doing that. But that's not that. what you said. That's but that, that is on your level. That you're saying you're not on my way. Like, you're not feeling what I'm doing. You're not understanding of my time. I'm busy. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a busy man. Yeah. We're not on the same level. Not I don't black mean financially. I don't mean education-wise. <laughs> but not black women in general. Mm, I don't know. I guess that depends on how he... How he's, he's, I mean, he said that about that's black women. That's yeah. the reason why. Is that what you meant? You meant black women are on your level, so that's why you didn't No, 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 he's not. That's not what I'm saying either. Okay, that's how it sounded when you said it. That's what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying either. What I'm saying. That doesn't come with black people. No, I'm not saying that he's. I'm not saying that. that number, let me know. Yeah, I'm not saying he generalized all black women. said all black women are on his level. I'm saying he should say. We need to clarify that. Well, I thought I did, but what he's saying is that he has not found a black woman that's accepting of his lifestyle and what he's got going on on his same wavelength. So I it's more like a mental level. I've dated black yeah. women and they literally hated the fact they did not support my vision, did not support my dream, and hated it. Right? But I would be open to me now. I think that it's more about, that's why I said culture is important. Mm -hmm. So in a black woman, I'm looking for somebody who shares my culture, shares my vision. Right. Because I'm looking to become a couple. You know, and I don't, you know, it has to be a couple that's focused on being an example for the culture. So can I give you a little, a little bit of insight as to why that might be? As a black woman who also dates women, um, what I've learned, because I'm a mover and shaker, I'm always busy. Right. I'm a mother, I have a full-time job, I'm doing this podcast, I do makeup, I do skincare. I literally am busy until the time my head hits the fucking right. pillow. And I'm in, I, in relationships, oftentimes, the person always feels slighted. Black women, typically, it's what I usually date. Mm -hmm. Always feel slighted. It's never even, they feel slighted. Yep. And what I've learned, because as a black woman who also is dating one, what I've had to come to grips with, the reason that a lot of us are like that is, number one, what we see, and number two, what we feel. Oftentimes, whether we're dating a man or a woman, as a black woman, the need that we have for that closeness with that person um, stems from a lack of. If it's for that black man, sometimes you came from a fatherless environment. Sometimes you just want to cling to him because you're afraid he's going to go date someone else or cheat on you. It's not because they don't understand you. Oftentimes you have to give them, even if it's a year, two years, you have to be able to invest that, that amount of time into that sister so that she knows, listen, honey, I know I'm busy, but I ain't going nowhere. I know you don't get it right now, and I know it's hard for you. If you want to come with me, come with me. Where you right now, I'm doing a podcast. If you want to hold the camera, hold the camera. Support me. Be here. Mm -hmm. Come along for the ride, but make them feel invited. You know, don't make them feel like your priorities are bigger than your relationship. So what, that's what I have had to learn, yeah. is that even though I'm busy, I have to make it my duty to make sure that in some way you can be a part of it, or in some way you know that you know where I am, what time I'm coming home, communication, communication is key. Don't make that woman feel secondary what to what you have going on. What if you're doing those things? Yeah. I've learned those, I've, I've yeah. learned those things out too. Yeah. But if they don't understand it, they Well, that, that's a human thing. That's, that's, not, that's not a black thing. Yeah. That's, that's a human thing. No, no, no. Yeah. That, but that's where the understanding... Yeah. That understanding is very important. Mm -hmm. You got to understand her her history, her exactly, and that will help you understand. Cause it, and I'm a black woman, and it took me a while to. Cause I'm like, what is your problem? I'm coming home. You're like, what is it? What? Is, why don't you? Want, I'm busy. Right. Like, understand that. 
me a lot of like, okay, because I do the same thing, but I'm projecting on you. I've done that. I've, I've done that to my boyfriend. I've done it to my baby daddy. You know, like, I've been there. So I'm like, okay, I think I get it. You know, but understand that I'm coming home. Understand that I don't want nobody but you. I don't care how many people I see. It's me and you forever to the death. And once they get that, it doesn't matter how long it takes. If you're willing to invest that in that person, it's going to take patience on your side and understanding on your side. Sometimes you're going to want to just... Sure. But if that person, if that person, person is worth it, really, if they're completely insecure and they're abusing you, that's different. But, yeah. but yeah. if that person can't handle who you are in your lifestyle, and that, I mean, I don't, regardless of culture, yeah. they might not be a good fit for you. Agreed. And that's okay. Well, I agree with that. Like, They have to be worth it. If this person adds value to your life, if you feel that you truly love them and you want the best for this relationship to prosper, then you will give that time. You will invest in that time. Because you're talking about a lot of patience. And to be honest, I ain't even talking about black women. I've dated women that don't have that patience and that are like that. I I just, I don't have that patience. It's like, listen, I need you to just know that I love you. I need you to know that I'm trying to handle business right now. And that's it. Well, like I said, it's 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 a a black woman. That's why I've been single for a long time. That's very much me. You and me have had this conversation, Don. You already know how it is. It's like, you need to understand my vision. You need to understand that I'm about something. I'm trying to build something. And I want you to build this dynasty with me. Mm -hmm. Because I am building a dynasty. Do not let it be mistaken. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But you need to understand that we're both going to have to make sacrifices. Yeah, of course. And I'm not... it's not just black women that don't understand that. No, that's women. That, no, that is why a lot of successful black women yeah. as well have problems getting black men. Right. Because mm-hmm. black men have a problem yes. having a woman that's more successful than them. Right. Oh, that's a whole yeah. different They get a lot of black men intimidated. They're really intimidated. Yeah, they don't have enough self-esteem, enough self-confidence because they've been broken down too. And just like sisters, they need to find out who they are, build themselves up and build the self-confidence and self-esteem that they need in order to let her be who she is, successful, add on to that, and at the same time, build themselves up. You preach it. That's a healthy man. So this whole segment is going to be entitled Healing. It's rare. It all ties back to that. You know what I mean? Like, you have to do your own personal work and figure yourself out at some point. Like you said, it's a choice. You can't keep blaming what you've been through, who exactly. treated you wrong, yeah, whatever. Get enough. your own shit together. And once you get yourself together, you'll start attracting those other people that have their shit together, and then yeah. y'all naturally find each other. But, but if you get your shit together, I'm not going out and finding somebody else and building them up. I'm not doing and, that. And I'm no, working on myself. You don't have to do that. But yeah. I think it's an excuse for us to say there's nobody else, because there are people. We just have to mm-hmm. find them. Yeah, but like, you're not going to vibe with the first black person you meet.
completely different than anything I've ever seen in my mm -hmm, life. Definitely. Like, the women are, like, he would even ask me sometimes, like, why don't you ever just touch me? Like, his friends, girlfriends would just touch them sometimes and just say sweet stuff, pet names, all that stuff. And I was just, the something else is easier you put yourself in a little comfort zone and a lot of people sad to say are not about getting out of their comfort zone no. they get it's, lazy it's, they don't want to do scary. something hard they don't want to do hard work and it is scary to, but, the, to the average person like people fear change but change is growth right mm -hmm. if you stand mm -hmm. the same you have to challenge yourself absolutely mm -hmm. but i think that's part of the problem as well it's we don't learn to heal ourselves mm -hmm. until we're much older and then our parents don't tell us a lot of shit too. Like they don't tell us about credit. They don't tell us about relationships. They don't tell us about sex. They don't tell us. I have a book that I I write stuff in this book. Things that I've learned. Th things that I want my children to know directly from me. This yeah. is from me to them, so that whenever I leave this planet, them and my grandchildren can understand the lessons that I've learned and understand how it is that a woman's supposed to carry herself, how a man should carry himself. Things that I like. I can't rely on them learning it because maybe I'm busy. I might not say some shit. Right. But there's a book that I open up every so every so often, and there's pictures in this book. I explain every person in my family to them in this book. I explain me. I show my goals, my accomplishments, and exactly what I expect of them in life. Like this is how you carry yourself. How do you make that standard? Um, niggas better come follow me on Instagram. I don't know. Oh my God. I don't Stop. know. But because I'm telling you everything on my back. She's so inspirational. Oh my God. All right, Don, we're going to Hey guys, this week's episode is also brought to you in part by Valentino's Floral. Designer Brandon Williams brings an unparalleled vision and artistry to the world of floral design. Whether you need a beautiful bouquet for your loved one or flowers and decor for your wedding or event, visit valentinosfloral.com and together you can create something extraordinary. You're welcome. Hey everybody, just check in. This is where we at mentally, with emotionally, whole, just with the, the world, world, with the apocalypse, <laughs> basically, the black, the black apocalypse, <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, I would definitely say that, of course, it's unfortunate that they continue to kill black people through traffic, routine traffic stops, and just bullshit, but I don't feel like protesting, rioting is going to work, I feel like we've been doing that for 50, 60, 70 years. We have to rethink our approach. Like, is there a thing, like, is it a such thing as Jewish lives matter? Is there a such thing as Chinese lives matter? No, because they matter. <laughs> so the fact that we have to even say that is us acknowledging the fact that black lives don't matter. 
that they do matter. I feel like we're a very great, resilient, intelligent, um, loyal, charismatic, focused. We're great people, okay? I am us. I'm proud of us. I love us. But I definitely feel like we need to be very systematic in this fight. We're playing, we need to play check chess and not checkers. So we're being very emotional, and I know we're hurt, and we're afraid. But we have to put the emotions aside and see what is really going to make this world better for our kids and grandkids. And I think we can take a little lesson from the Jews. They ensured that their children and their cousins and uncles and sisters and brothers knew about financial. Um, they were financially intelligent. They built wealth. They made sure there were more doctors, lawyers, politicians, so that they could have a seat at the table. Now, in multiple industries in this world, you cannot get in without talking to a Jew. They are not Americans. <laughs> We're not really Americans. But I feel that we can do the same thing if we just think a little smarter. Yeah, right. Black excellency is going to get us where we want to go. Not being upset and hurt. We've been doing that for years. It's not working. Mm -hmm. we got to change our approach and beat them at their own game. We try to fight the people with the money, guns, and the power. And we got sticks. And, and we got sticks. So when, what, what you think going to happen when we start rioting and looting and protesting? When they get ready to come and shut that shit down, it's getting shut down. So let me, let me, let me jump in here. Mm -hmm. So first thing I want to say is black is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Amen. Second thing I want to say is black is power. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and almost 50 million black people in America, mm -hmm. we make up about 13% of the population. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have the highest buying power. Yeah, absolutely. Blacks have more buying power than other countries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right? So what? So then you think about the sports. You think mm -hmm. about the team. You think about the NBA. Mm -hmm. um, you think about the NFL. You can even talk about baseball because of all the different people that have people. Right? Yeah. Who are so, the best at it? <laughs> so when, when you think about that as well, um, and then we can we tie back into slavery. Built America. Who mm -hmm. really built our country? And I bet. Who really? Who were the pioneers and the inventors? Even though we might not get the recognition, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about that, black is power. Um, so, but the funny thing is, when, I, when you mention all of that and how much effect we actually have on this nation, me being a black man, having been pulled over at gunpoint for for a broken tail light, yeah. getting pulled over over half a dozen times just because I'm driving down the street. Not speeding, not doing anything illegal, not having any firearms or, or drugs or anything. You right, mm -hmm. right, right. They're just looking for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. There's a problem here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I'm tired. And, um, you know, I try to, my approach has always been, hey, look, we have to go out and be the best representation of blacks. And that's how we influence change, right? But for whatever reason, that's not enough. It doesn't work. But when you look at what's taking place over the last week, when you look at all the people rallying, when you look at all the people protesting, when you look at not just blacks, but people all over the world and of all cultures coming, we're making noise and we're being heard right now. And that's important. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, but we have to be wise. I don't know if you guys remember watching Malcolm X back in the day, the one that came out in 1992. There was a scene um, where uh, a guy had gotten uh, beaten and uh, he, they, they took him to the jail and Malcolm X literally held up his hand and moved a finger and everybody moved. They were organized. They were efficient. Mm -hmm. 
They had influence. That was power. They even stated that they knew their laws and regulations, that they had not broken any laws with their demonstration. But because they were organized, because they knew the law, and because they worked together as one unit and one body, they were able, they were able to get influence and make action and to make things happen. So right now, our issue is being hijacked. Yeah. And a lot of it, and I have personal friends who are out there yep. documenting and can speak to the fact that there are people that are causing chaos. Oh yeah, agitators are out there. Right? Yeah. That aren't even us. No, yeah. absolutely. So we have to be smart and wise in how we attack this thing because we have an opportunity with the platform that we have. Right now, we have the ability to influence and change representation, mm-hmm. to get policies and legislations changed to protect us and to give us equal rights, right? And, and we have the opportunity in the ears for people to, uh, to, that aren't like us, that haven't had to walk in our shoes, to experience or learn what it is to be a black man, some of the challenges. I've had several conversations over the past couple of days with people who have no idea the things that a black man in our society has to carry on his shoulder each and every day when he wakes up. So we have to be wise in terms of how we go about this and make sure that this isn't something that's just uh, uh, we're venting and expressing our emotions, but that we take action and carry momentum when it comes time to vote whether it's for the President of the United States or whether it's for our local government. We are getting people who are our advocates and our partners in making change. And in doing that, I want to bring up Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Now, Floyd Mayweather was 50 and up. He didn't yell. He didn't scream. He didn't have to because he knew how to, he knew how to get See, real power is you don't have to move your hands. You mm-hmm. get into somebody's mind. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I can manipulate how you behave. Right. And so Floyd, wait, and, and think about Floyd, he didn't knock everybody out. He would drag it out. He put on the show 12 rounds. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get inside your mind. I'm going to let you get all frustrated, let you react. And then I'm going to wait until you're tired. And then I'm going to dominate and conquer you. Mm-hmm. So we have to be like Floyd Mayweather. We have to be strategic with what we do. We have to be organized at what we do. And we have to execute at what we do. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, and we stick together, and we show up where it counts, where it's documented, then we might have a different America yeah. and a different world. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Wallace? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, you want me to go after that? That's cool. I know. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I could. <laughs> no. no, I mean. I mean, if you can take a minute to take it in, go ahead and say a lot. It's all good. Oh, so, um, yeah. Not, I mean, I think he, uh, I think he really hit it on the head. I think that we have the most power when we are organized. As I touched on in the earlier segment, it's hard for us to get organized because anytime we did, the system saw it as a threat. Just like J. Edgar Hoover back in the 40s, Ooh, 50s, yes. and 60s. This motherfucker yeah, kept, on, kept on blasting about the, the black messiah. We got to kill all these motherfuckers. There's a black messiah. He's coming. And we got to make sure to snuff them out. And whether it was Martin Luther King, you know, Malcolm X, trying to tie us into the Communist Party, all that, all that trash. Anytime somebody tries to educate us, they want to... Like Jay-Z said on his last album, these people is going to kill me. And that's... And that's what I think. I think that they don't kill me. Yeah, too much. exactly. 
they only allow. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jay said that too. Yeah. They really did. And I think, think they, they gave it to him. Absolutely. Go ahead, Wallace. We'll get to I'm that. Sorry. The thing is, even though we're in the best time period of our lives, mm-hmm. of America, right. for black people, I get what you mean. It's critical. I think that there's still going to be a problem when we try to get organized. Okay. Absolutely. And that's because the reason, you know, we have, and don't get me wrong, we have a lot of allies in other races, and I love them, and I appreciate the support. And to be honest, we can't do it without them. The same way slavery was not abolished without white people. It, was not, it wouldn't have happened. No matter how... Well, I mean, there's no way to abolish slavery if white people didn't do it. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not complimenting them. It's still kind of an option, but... Because mm-hmm. everything is 
it's huh. just ingrained in yeah. American DNA. You know oh, what I mean? So there's things that they it's might genetic. feel that they 100% believe. I am not racist for thinking this way, but it's like you wouldn't, you you can't see that it's racist because you can't see past your own thing, right? Yeah. I think it's the same thing with black people. I yeah. feel like we can't see past like the the hurt, the limitations that we put on ourselves, the past. We can't seem to get past that. Um, add to that, um, there's no like. Mexican people, uh, French, Italian, anybody, everybody has home countries they can go to. Black Americans don't have a home country they can go to because we're separated from Africa and there's a whole well, conversation about the black American versus Africans and how we don't get along and see eye to eye or whatever. We don't have like that support, right? Like America is our home and so we don't have any anybody literally looking out for us and so like we have to look out for each other but we can't see past our own limitations and like the hurt. So when we get a Malcolm X, so we get a leader in charge that's putting stuff in place, there's not enough of us, well it hasn't been, to get behind that person and really protect them and push them forward. The majority, I bet, of people, I wasn't around in the 60s, but I bet the majority of black people were probably sitting on the sidelines, uh, you know, just trying to just fall in line, just not trying to stir nothing, and then when something happens, they want to complain about Martin Luther King getting assassinated or whatever, mm -hmm. but they never really were behind them because they didn't want to, yeah. like, upset the flow because they, yeah. it's scary. Like, you want to stay sure. where you've been told. Like, it's going to take all of us opening up our brains and being like, all right, we had this person, let's mobilize, but that's a tall order. And I'm going to know, I'll keep it short. Um, black people, I read this quote that said, black people are like a woman trapped in like an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like America is the husband and we're the better yes. wife, right? For like a better term. It's like, okay, the movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez, yep. I hate to use her as an example, but I'm saying that movie, I don't know she, her. right, me either. Um, that was last week's episode, guys. Catch up on all platforms. Um, but anyways, um, so in the movie, she's, you know, the movie, she's getting beat up by her husband or whatever. It's a great movie. And she starts to fight back. And she starts to fight back. So, but for a long time, she just takes it. And all, everybody around her is just like, Dana's messed up. But even with her family and stuff, they help her. But they, they can't really save her from that. You know what I mean? The same way with our allies, other countries. They can empathize and try to help, but they can't save us. We have to save ourselves. So what does she do? She got away. She started training herself up. She started learning things. She could put a plan together. She fought back. And she, like went at that dude, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to radicalize nobody and say we gotta be on some, like, you know, it can't be a, shit, it's not a violent fight. But we have but to, a, a, realize that we are mentally fucked up, you know what I mean? That, you know, we, we are the problem, we gotta mobilize ourselves and work towards an answer. I feel like a lot of us don't even know that what the problem is, and it's just like, that's why the chestnut checkers, that's why we're just so scattered, because we don't even know what the problem is. And so when somebody comes up trying to lead us, we can't get behind them because we're just all over the place, and that's, that was my point with that. Mm -hmm. So that's true. We can that, that's all of us. We can follow somebody, but we have to really like support that person. Yeah. So I wanted to know because for me, I think the past two weeks has been extremely personal. I know it's been personal for us as people of color, but I mean personal for me on a different level. It's been personal issues among you know those in my family. Um, this has shined a light, I think, on a lot of people that we thought were maybe allies or thought of in a different light than we do maybe now. Um, you know, from social media or from things they said to you in passing or that coworker that you knew was probably not the most tolerant, but now you just know it's a complete racist at, at this point. Um, and I told you, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately for me, being biracial, um, I've had to almost just cut ties to a lot of family members, you know, and it hurt at first. At first I cried. At first I was hurt because I'm like, if you don't see 
me as a black woman. If you don't see that side of me, then you never saw me. You never knew. I'm not just your cousin. I'm not just your niece. I'm not just your, you know, family member. I'm also a black woman. So if you never saw that, then you never saw me. You know, I had an aunt, my great aunt, reach out to me. And this particular aunt I already knew was a bigot. You know, that's just how she is. Oftentimes in Latin culture, not just Puerto Rican, in Latin culture, period, there's a hierarchy, especially with colorism. Yeah, the darker you are, the, you know, you're more, you're more like a, a black person. You're less valued. It's like that in the Asian culture as well. In different cultures. Every the culture. culture. It, pretty much. Every culture, <laughs> even black Americans, we do it to ourselves. The lighter you are, we feel like you're more prettier or more accessible or, you know, whatever. Anyway, so my aunt could pass as a white woman. She looks aesthetically, you know, phenotypically white until she talks and then that heavy Puerto Rican accent comes out you know that she's not. But what I mean is she's, you know, a big Trump supporter and all that good stuff. Um, no, not at all. Anyway, that's a political, I'm not going to go there with Trump because I just can't. But what I mean is what, what happened over the past two weeks, I would say, just in my own, my own personal experience with what's happening in the world is when I noticed the, the racially charged comments from people in my own family. I, I realized I had to sweep around my own front door. Like, I can't call a stranger out for being racist if I'm not willing to call out my own family. The, the own, you know, biases and racist remarks coming from members that are related to me. That blood is in my veins. So I made it a point to make sure that, you know what? At this point, like I was talking to Don earlier, I was like, you know, when you're, you go to a grocery store and you see someone beat the shit out of a child, are you going to stand there and allow that to happen? No, what do you do? You see something wrong, you say, oh my God, this is horrible, I'm calling the police. It's you can't do this. I'm not talking about race, I'm, I'm just saying. Plan. But when you see something wrong, when you see something wrong, I'm not just talking about a spanking from your mom. I'm saying actual person. But when you see something wrong, you have to call it out. And if we're not willing to call it out amongst ourselves, then we have no moral ground to stand on and try to judge someone else. So I made it a point to personally have these conversations with members of my own family and they would, you know, say kind of much mouth things to me like, oh, I didn't, you know, respect the black woman that is inside you. No, I am the black woman. There's not like a black woman in me somewhere that's like, hey, you're black, they don't remember that. No, I, I live it every day. Um, I challenge all of you to think to yourself, when have you had a run-in with a police officer that you know was racially charged. I can think of three off the top of my head that happened to me. Mm. And it hurt, and I cried. And, you know, at one point there was a cop who tried to make me, my kid was like eight months old. It's scary. Tried to make me, for, you know how hot it gets here during the summer? Mm -hmm. Tried to force me to leave my baby in a car. What? No. With the windows up. No. Because no. you wanted to talk to me outside of the car for parking somewhere that you felt I shouldn't park. And I'm yelling at him, and I'm like, my child is, that's a baby. I'm like, I don't care what you say. I'm getting my child. Can you just imagine? And here's the, the shit. At the end of the day, I had, you know, because I was near a family member's home. They came outside. They got my kid out of the car. He put me in the back seat of his car, handcuffed me, turned his car off. Remember, again, it's at least 100 degrees. It's Florida summer. I'm in the back seat of this car crying at this point because now he feels like, ha ha, all that attitude you had. So then he knocks on the window. You're not so bad now, huh? Not so tough for now, huh? And I'm just crying because I, I can't, I don't know what to do at this point. And then he let me out of the car, uncuffed me, and was like, have a good day. So, yeah, I would have died. So, what I'm saying is this. How many, how many times have people that don't look like you can tell you these stories? We can sit around as people of color and be like, 
But regardless of what your parents do. None of that type of stuff. She thinks she's smarter than me. She might be. But regardless of what your parents do. Not in college. But what, regardless of what you teach your kids, and if you teach your kids that, which is very important, and if everyone teaches their kids that, then good. But if only some people are teaching their kids that, the other kids don't know that, and kids fall into peer pressure. Regardless of what's going on in your household, the community, the village, yeah, the village is going to have an input on who your child becomes. So if everybody else is like, oh, well, you ain't getting these J's, well, fuck that. We are all getting these J's. Now you look like the loser on the outside. You're thinking, I got to spend $300 on Until you teach your kids. We have that teach. doesn't make you a loser. That's, exactly. That's the thing. But we have to start implementing those changes now. Yeah. We have to yeah. inform and educate our children. Absolutely. Because if you want to solve any problem or you want to make any true change, it starts with the youth. Because as they like McDonald's, targeted the youth. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what happened? When they grew up, what did they do? They were still buying and they their kids. Mm-hmm. So we have to start teaching and educating our children. One, well, we have to learn it for ourselves. And exactly. We, we have to educate ourselves first. Yeah. Yes. And then once we learn it, we have to mentor. Exactly. The biggest thing is mentor. It's just like, like we're all talking now. We're we're we built and grown to understand ourselves. Let me see. Like I have a, a quote. I do Wisdom Wednesday every Wednesday. So. Um, one Wednesday was a people without knowledge of their past history, origin, and culture is like a tree with no roots. So we don't even know where the fuck we're trying to go because we don't even know where we've been. Yeah. So therefore, we have to, the kids, like they don't know, they go in school with white people and all types of stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, oh yeah, it's cool, we can do whatever. But when they get to the crib, you got to start, Yeah. you got to train them. Yeah. Because the society will raise your children for you if you yeah. do not allow if you don't put a say something, so, so for society to not raise my kids, I must teach a certain thing inside the household. Like your parents, you got to run a tight ship. You said like yeah. your mom was a certain way that made you yeah. respect your own culture. You didn't just do that out of nowhere. No. You would have been like, oh yeah, now these American white bitches is the shit. Right. That's hell. <laughs> your mom was like. Oh, shit. And my son is a little bit, he's blackish too, so I'd be so scared. He think he gonna be able to date anybody probably. And he, he can. There, there's nothing wrong with that. It, there's nothing yeah, wrong with it, but I don't want him to cancel out black people just because I know, now I know deep down inside his father is a little racist. Mm-hmm. So therefore, what he's being taught when he's with them is definitely not mm-hmm. something that I would probably personally approve of. Right. Um, which comes down to culture. Which comes down to culture. That's why you got Which comes down to healing. <laughs> so, one of the conversations that I have with my father, he says, Son, you gotta survive. Mm-hmm. And I said, No. I said, No, Dad. You gotta live. I said, You survive and you prosper. Mm-hmm. Because, and so, what we have to do, we have to change our mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what we like, we are so focused on surviving. And it's deep. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. It's his day. That's what he was trying it's to do. So with his that's day. what they have to do. Right? Yeah. Now we have more options so we can add to that. So it's like, look, yes, we survive and we prosper. Mm-hmm. And we focus on that and we right. teach that. Right. Because we have to teach our children what's possible. Mm-hmm. We have to remove the limitations. Mm-hmm. You know? You, because now when you place that expectation that mm-hmm. anything is possible for you or you can achieve anything, because our ancestors fought for the rights and the opportunities that we have today. Mm-hmm. They're jobs that we have the ability to get. Yeah, we got to do our part. Exactly. Yeah, to even get to sit and do this. Like, I used to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. You're okay. 
like, I used to, I learned so much. I read everything I can mm. read. I read everything I can read. I listen to everything I can listen to. I take from it what I feel like is serving you. Educational mm -hmm. or, or, you know, valuable. Yeah. So I, I, I do not like to not progress and I do not like to not learn. And there was one point where I was just keeping hoarding all this information and all this education for myself. Okay. There was a point when I was just hoarding everything that I was learning and I was just learning so much that I could learn. And anytime I spoke to anyone, everybody was blown away or impressed. And it was just me being me. But and then one day, a first a psychic lady told me she was like, you're supposed to be speaking to people. She said, when you start speaking to people, you're going to be big. But I was I was changing my own paradigm. So that I could change my kids' paradigm so it's not the same as what the fuck it was when I grew up. But I was like, what What are you learning this shit for if you're not going to share it? Who else going to do it? Mm -hmm. When I, I At Valencia College, I was a, a statistics tutor because while well, I was a student there. Okay. And then they... Okay. Uh, and they had a program where students who aced the, the program, they hired them to tutor other students because other students would come to other students. So I was a statistics tutor and it was the most one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. But it was challenging because some kids just didn't get it. So I had to I didn't have to break statistics down in. Well, if you have one and a half Jordan, you're this many deviations away from the median. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, so you cut this Jordan in half <laughs> and put a whole nother Jordan with it. So I learned how to teach then. It was fulfilling. I loved it. So I said, you have the tools. You have the knowledge. Now it's your duty. Because if you mm -hmm. you can teach your kids all you want. But what, what purpose do you have in your culture if you are not letting them know what you have learned? Right. Definitely. You a sucker. You learn, you master, then you teach. Mm -hmm. Hello. I like what both of y'all said. I just want to say one quick thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think it boils down to like knowing your worth, right? Mm -hmm. So we talked about earlier how you said you went and you like educated yourself on things. Same thing with me. Like mm -hmm. um, I didn't all the shit that I'm doing. That I'm, I'm like the black sheep of my family because I'm like the woo woo one. You know, I'm all the meditation different. and you know, trying to take care of myself mentally, and I'm in therapy now and dealing with my shit. And all this stuff has come up. And it's just like, because I got into it after I started doing this kind of stuff and like wanting to pursue my dream, it's like, wait, I'm kind of fucked up. And this stuff is spilling over yeah, into yeah. my business now. That is so, so let me amazing. clean my shit. Right. You start seeing how like I act this way for whatever the reason. And now I do, I act this way in this situation. Now it's going to fuck up my business. So let me fix whatever that is. And I think like we get black people in general have gotten comfortable in our place here. You know what I mean? It's just like, this is how it's always been. We're just surviving. Like, I don't know if y'all saw that little video of that boy. It went viral. And he's singing, I'm just a young black band. I want to live and whatever. Yeah. And that stuff is real cute. I'm not trying to be insensitive, <laughs> but I'm not teaching none of my nieces and nephews any of the Negro spiritual bullshit. You're not just a young I am black man. done with us. He, ho, hum. Yeah. Oh, one day we gonna overcome. We just waiting on the Lord. It's just like, Nowadays, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Our ancestors did that because that's all they had. All but they now, had. this is 2020. We Ain't got nobody phones, came to say we got technology. Yet. We know too much now. You know what I mean? So it's just like, all we're going to do is slide right back into old ways if we just sit around. Oh, we protest, we throw up some stores, and then next week, we're back to regular life again. I don't want to go back to regular life. Like I'm not telling nobody not to loot, not whatever it takes, to flip <laughs> this shit upside down, then do it. 
I don't know what it takes. I'm not saying go loot nothing, but I'm not saying don't loot nothing. Whatever you're angry, <laughs> do what you got to do. But but the, but the we shall overcome and walking and singing all the stuff that's not getting us anywhere. We need to realize that we're not victims. Like we right. we, we are the prize. The victim role. We keep playing the victim role. So we gonna role. keep So you're always gonna be like the victim. Victims. Like everybody said, look at all these countries that are on these peaceful protests for us. The love is so real. The whole world has our back. It's like we don't have our back. Like Black Lives Matter is a hashtag. You're like, how come Chinese matter? Chinese lives don't matter. It's not a hashtag how or whatever. Jewish we lives we have that hashtag, but we have to believe that Black Lives Matter. We don't exactly. believe that first. If we believe that, then yes, we can we show other people. It. They didn't give the Jews banks. They didn't. Industries and executive positions. They took that shit. They mobilized and they took it. And it's yeah. like, we've never done that. We've always just stayed in this just and like, oh, George, we just down here. Yeah. We don't get insurance, life insurance to pass down generational wealth directly to the you next generation. We don't do those things. You don't build you don't build homes for your, for your family. You don't build estates and neighborhoods and other, other people do that. And, 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 and let me say this, because like a lot of people, because I've, I've come across people that like, oh, your Jordans are bad. It's not the Jordans are no. bad. It's that, okay, it's before, the value. I, before I go buy it. a pair of Jordans, okay, one, I just have my money put it in savings. Hello. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, Instead of I, in Jordan's savings. You, you understand? <laughs> two, all right, now we're making sure that we get, so we got savings in place. You, you got your credit utilization right. You know what I'm saying? You, built, you, you got all your bills paid up front, all the stuff like that. Okay. Do what you want. You know what? I worked really hard. I did really well. I took care of my responsibilities. Now let me go treat myself to a pair of Jordans. Not making that your first priority. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Priority. You were saying about the video that you said went viral. The video I liked that went viral was the brother that had his little son in the car and he started pulling out all the definitions. Yeah, and the boy knew. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. On it. All. Teach them about privacy. He was like, what are you have what are liabilities? And my man was sitting here just going off. Mm-hmm. This kid couldn't have been more than eight years old and just knocking off definitions. That's what I'm talking that's about. That's where it starts. Yes, we have too much information now to not be doing that. I like, agree. we were taught, I, I think I, I see our generation, but like, I feel like the millennials or whatever, that's the last generation that has the excuse to be on that old bullshit of just like, we just trying to survive. We know too much now. Like, it's like, we got to Stuff. They, they could have done better. Yeah, they could have known. Just not so proactive. You don't think so? Because one of the things I've had the debate before. Some people Thank take the standpoint that you're let, you need to let your kids be kids, as opposed to actually preparing them for life and giving them these gems. And but letting and kids be kids. Oh, that's crazy to me. No, excuse. like give them the knowledge. Like, um, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. So I actually, Ugh. so I was actually reading a book. Um, it's called The Outlier. This book, what it she does is it breaks down. It, it literally, there was research and they studied the most successful people ever. Mm-hmm. And there are certain patterns that they always had, their common themes. And so there was a study conducted where they evaluated young children, right? Mm-hmm. So they evaluated, um, you know, under, you know, children that had come, came from like, you know, poor families. And they studied children that came from rich families. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, the, the children that ended up being the most successful, that come from the most affluent families, what their parents do is they teach them, look, you need to assert yourself and speak up for yourself, number one. And number two, when it comes to certain things, you need to be able to, you need, I'm, I'm, this is, you need, you're learning this skill. Okay, you have an interest in this. We need to work on that, turn it into a skill that you could actually, that will be valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so instead of saying, hey, look, if you like doing this, I'm not going to support you. If you have an interest in this, this could be a direction or a way that you can, you know, one, 
develop a skill, two, develop an income for yourself. So that's how we're going to train you to be and how to make decisions mm -hmm. as opposed to just saying, hey, you know what? Do whatever you want or I'm not even going to support your areas of interest. Direction. Right. And instilling confidence into those children. So the, that example, the study you were talking about on outliers, he was actually talking about two different children that were going to a doctor's visit. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And um, and he actually said, actually, the so there was one child who kind of went into the doctor's visit. You know, it's a pediatrician, so the child doesn't say anything. It's just nervous. And the other child on the way to the doctor's visit, the child's mom was like, so what do you want to ask the doctor when you get there? What do you want to know about what's going on today? And she told the child, she was like, when you get there, this is what you're going to do. I'm not going to talk. You're going to take over that. And it was actually an African-American child, an African-American mother. And, it, and what Malcolm Gladwell was saying was literally instilling that confidence in that child and letting them know you can be heard, you can speak up for yourself mm -hmm. from that age is building that child's confidence up to be who he needs to be to get to where he wants to go. That's go. a good, that's it, a very good yeah. analogy because we, we moms especially black moms, we tend to covet and like, you know. Coddle. Yeah. And, and then when that happens, they're not prepared for the real world. And especially, you know, us being, you know, black, especially being a black man, mm -hmm. if you've been coddled and you have to go out into the world. Oh, yeah, you looking for you another mom. in the face. The, the, yeah. the, the, and the world's not going to hold anything Baby boy. back. They oh, my God. It's annoying. Rude awakening. You know how many dudes I've, I've and then, well, now, because I put my, I've made myself like, and I'm on another wavelength, so I only meet men of a certain caliber at this. On point. your level, yeah. Black men. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean white ones too. They shoot, they shot, but it's just my yeah, basket ain't open. Out. <laughs> no, <laughs> but um, they want to play video games. What? I say anything. They want to play video games while I go work and make all the money. You just a baby boy. Yeah, well, just stay over there with your mama. I even suggested a dude. You know, just live with your, stay with your mom. He lived with his mom. Just okay. stay with your mom. <laughs> like, that. I'm sorry. I don't All right, so <laughs> let me just let me ask you guys a question, just to kind of kind of reel it back in because I do want us to not be too tone deaf. I, I mean, what we're talking about is good generational wealth, moving us along. But what's going on right now when we walk out the door mm -hmm. is something very real that we are not addressing, and that is the unjust killing of black men and women right now in America. My question is, if it's not protesting, if it's not rioting, if it's not um, advocating for us, then what is it? Because everything that it seems that we do to draw attention to this issue is wrong. You know, when, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, that was the wrong way to protest. When MLK was out protesting, that was the wrong way to protest. When we walked on Selma, we were killed. So what is the right way to move us forward to bring about a change because it seems as though according to everyone who's not black mm -hmm. everything we do is wrong well you have to remember that they're the oppressing system mm -hmm. yeah they're right. the ones in control so mm -hmm. any kind of protest that takes any control from them is not going to be right so there is yeah, no right there is a so it's like if we're if we're if we're to move ourselves forward and we don't shake the table then what do we do you know, because silence honest, isn't helping us either. You can only shake the, the table. Yeah. yeah so I think it's all the above. To be honest, there's nothing riding, you can do. Right. But make sure that you train your family mm -hmm. to be prepared for whatever is to be. And don't, don't, like I went to school with white people and I used to think it was like, oh yeah, no, it's cool. Like these are my white friends. I was like, <laughs> shit is not like that when you get into the real world. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
you have to just express that to your children. That, you can't do anything about a cop who feel like pulling over a nigga and then he end up killing him. That is nothing you can do about that. But make sure that your children, when they grow up, they're... Uh, okay, now I'm going to sound like a very bad person for this. But his name is uh, Floyd... What's his name? Maybe. Or George, George Floyd. Floyd. George, George Floyd. Floyd. Okay. Oh. I don't watch no social media. I don't do we none do. of that. Yeah, I don't know right. nothing about nothing. Okay. To be honest. Okay. I know they just killed a man and... Uh, had the knee on his neck, whatever. But so, what was he doing? He wrote a bad check. He wrote a bad check. Okay. No, they thought that he had a counterfeit twenty dollar bill. Okay. And what was his appearance? He was just wearing jeans and a shirt, very normal. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. So, um, not that they're they're not right for anything they did. So, are you thinking but because I'm, of his appearance that they would think he's a thug? I'm saying make sure that your that? children are educated, polished, and in the right areas and at all times. Exactly. Yep. And my mother, that's my mother drilled that into me. Like hoodies, like to this Fuck day, that. I yeah. won't buy a hoodie. My mother drilled into my head, mm -hmm. you cannot wear a hoodie because they will assume that you are a thug as a young black man. Yes. Thank you. And so, like, literally to this day, it yeah. bothers me when I see a black, like, when the whole Trayvon Martin thing happened. I, my, my, you already my understood because mm -hmm. I'm like my mama taught me if somebody yeah. told him you were black man you can't wear a hoodie mm -hmm. you might be alive yeah you know yes. and it's it's so, so, like, that shit makes you mad though like, I was about to say that just pisses me real. off so bad but there's nothing it's, it is, it's real. It, but, it, but it's real it's real and what you said you was like, there's nothing you can you directly do about that thank you and you don't sound like a bad person saying that that is exactly what it is you know you have to teach your kids how to move out here you can get mad we can argue about you can argue about you can get mad about hoodies you can get mad about dreads and hair and us having to get police for our hair and all that stuff, but it is what it is. So teach your kids how to move out here so that we can survive to make the change. But that's, but that's implying that if you wear or dress a certain way, you will be treated a certain way. Listen to what I'm saying. Okay. What about the black men who aren't and still are treated that way? There is very no right. It's not that rare. But listen, you have a better chance at it. Like what I, I mean that's is this. What I mean is this. Here's the here's the the cultural issue. Okay, when someone is and when someone has made it up in their mind that they are a racist, that is who they are. Mm -hmm. It would not matter if you came to I me in a suit or if you came to me in a hoodie. I'm not gonna like you because I am. We not playing that. If you if I put your resume in front of me, I make my son wear suits. And your your resume is impressive, and your resume is nice, and your resume is good. But I have a resume from a white man who's just as qualified as you. You have the exact same resume from Bob Different and from name. Jerome, but I pick Bob simply because he's Every white. Time. It does not matter how successful that and black man was. And there's still nothing you can do it's, about it. But that's what you're not in the room with Bob when well, he I'm makes saying, that it's decision. A, it's, 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 it's an anomaly. It's not, you know, I'm not going to necessarily. I tell my son, yes, you need to dress a certain way. He does dress a certain way. And I do yeah. tell my son that. I teach him when you're pulled over what to do. Mm -hmm. Will that necessarily stop you from being brutalized? Absolutely Hell no. Not. Will it perhaps lessen the chance of someone treating you like shit? Maybe. For sure. We it definitely it. will. So because sure. it's a human thing it outside of a black thing. I hate to say that. Social people, class. Social class. And people view yes. when you walk into a room with a suit on, people, mm -hmm. black, yeah. white, mm -hmm. Hispanic, whatever, people take you more seriously off rip. Right. You know what I mean? Like they say you want to make money, wear a suit. Like, mm -hmm. wear jackets wherever you go. Look nice. Yeah. Look the part. It's, it's not even about suits or hoodies or whatever. Your success. In look America, the way you need to look. And we, we have to be impressive to, we have to, to be, be 
Take it so we got to move past the whole point of just being upset that it's like that. It's like that. Get over it. But listen. <laughs> that's, that's how we move forward. They do. Like, that's how they operate. I learned that too. White women and white men dress the fuck up like every day. But they can dress bummy. And they what white people yeah. are you they around can. that dress up yeah. every listen, day? They do. I haven't but, met them. I mean, okay. Well, you might be around some nah, some poor white people. I see, no, I'm around all <laughs> so, types so, of people. So. I see white people that do dress up, but I, all the black women I know dress very well. So I'm not sure. No, 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 no. So look, look, I'm wearing a blazer right now. Uh-huh. If I take this blazer off and I wear this shirt right here. Yeah, that changes your life. Yeah. Oh, no, you would have two different reactions because of what you're wearing. Road, they see the blazer, right. they're like, I'm going to let him keep yeah. driving. They I see agree with that. Let me pull him over. I right agree with that. And it is unfortunate, but that is the world we live in. And we must adapt and we... We can still try to change it, but in the meantime, let's make sure we're not doing anything to to promote, to promote it. Yeah. yeah, provoke it because mm-hmm. we know how dumb they are. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to go in a second, but yeah, before I do, it. I'm gonna try to pull it back to what you asked initially. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I think is gonna take? Like I was saying, I think it's gonna take all of the above mm-hmm. because, to be honest, um, if we just do peaceful protesting, if that's all that we do, it's not gonna work. Because in the words of Stokely, in order for peaceful protest to work, the oppressor has to have compassion. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to work. If well, I mean, we do, after just, MLK was assassinated, 110 American cities started rioting, causing $47 million. I know, and then the new bill passed. In On the sixth day, the Civil Rights Act of 1960 was passed. So it's not to say that... Protesting does not work. I'm not going to put that on people who ha- hearts are in the right place and are actively trying to make a change by protesting. There's a lot of peaceful protesters and people advocating for change. So I'm not going to say that it does not work. Over time, we've seen that America is built off rioting. I guarantee, we are, I guarantee we are a it wasn't because of the riots that the bill was changed. But it was. But what else? No, but, but, that bill, that bill has nothing on the 1965 bill. But what I'll say, mm-hmm. though, go ahead, go ahead. the reason I think it's all the above is because if you just do peaceful protests, the system isn't really going to let you break open. Right. Because at some point, really, the system cares about one thing and one thing. Mm-hmm. When it really comes down to it, their money. Yeah. Hello. That's which, is why, which, is why I, which is why I agree completely that if we could actually control the way our people spent, now that we could move everything. Move mountains. Because then that's we're true. valuable. Exactly. Right. exactly. We have hospitals, we have banks. And we only spend it with us. So the thing That's is, what Jews do. They don't. Chinese. They own, we got Chinatown. Chinese, mm-hmm. Hispanics. They even Hispanics. They, they look out for themselves first. Them. They do. And the thing is, when people riot, they start to mess with that money. Now, not always. Target, like we were you know, discussing earlier, God bless them. They were like, we got insurance. Do yeah, you? We, we got your back. Yeah. You, we <laughs> yeah, Target was about that. God bless you. Yeah, God bless yeah. you. They got good insurance. When people start rioting, People start paying attention because they understand, all right, these people have had a foot on their neck for so long that they're no longer willing to take it. They are willing to take action now. But the thing is, we can't just have the writers and not have the peaceful protesters because then we're all fucked. And then we can't have the mayor. We cannot have the mayors and and you've seen how outside elected officials hijack the rioting and then exaggerate it. Mm -hmm. And so now so you have to now we look like animals. Exactly. So you have to have both. You you do have to have a little bit of writing because otherwise people are like. They're okay, they're upset, but they're not that angry. But you also have to have the peaceful protesters and the people that 
are a little more tolerant because otherwise they're not going to see. Well, the media, the side. media sensationalizes the protests and shows only oh, the which, which all fifty states. Well, the media, that's all, what they're supposed yeah, to do. All fifty states have active protests right now. Yeah. All fifty states. How else are they going to get ad not revenue? Only, not only all fifty states, but globally. We're in the Netherlands. We're in New Zealand. They're protesting in Africa. They're protesting in England. They're posting all over the world. People are protesting yeah. for this cause, and this is the first time this has ever happened. That this much support, I can say, globally has yeah. happened for this cause. Yeah. But like we're also saying, well, what next? Like, okay, so well, we're protesting, we're rioting, we're angry, we're pissed, we're hurt. So what next? And what you guys are saying basically is that we need to start at home, you know, building up yeah. our children, building up our neighborhood. We do need a community leader. Look at George. We need a leader. We, we do. Because this is it for us. Like, I feel yeah. like this, we're never going to have this, this will, much this attention again. Oh, it's never going to happen again. Sorry. I have a lot to say. So I'm going to let you get to you. <laughs> no, no. Taylor, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but, but Beyonce oh, had wow. the best video Listen. of all time. Why do y'all think the six men in Georgia were fired the next day? Why? Because the mayor was black Mm -hmm. and she made a difference. She made that happen. Mm -hmm. If we don't have a seat at the table, we're depending on them to make something happen for us and they don't give a fuck. You going to keep buying them Jordans? Okay, great. I own it. You going to keep going to Walmart? Okay, we own it. I don't care what y'all bring. We got insurance. We believe in it. We got insurance. We believe in insurance. Jamel, do you want to take us out with something? Please, Jamel. 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 (laughs) It's the wine, y'all. It's the wine. No, this ain't even enough. The only thing that I have to add to that would be um, we have to, in this time and this season, we do have to take into consideration who is in power. Because there are certain actions and behaviors that if we take, um, you know, via the riots, things like that. If we were to put that person in a position to say, I'm going to put everything under a state of emergency or martial law, then you're literally giving, potentially giving dictatorship to somebody that we might not want represented. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So that, so to me, you have to think about, yes, you want to make them do a demonstration. You want to hit, you be heard, but at the same time, who do you want to give power to? Well, it's mm-hmm. you. We got you got to step up to the plate. Jamel Phillips, he's y'all listening. Uh, I just want to give y'all a little we're, footnote we're for you. right in case you are wondering what you can do right now to help the cause at hand. Um, you can go on change.org and there's two petitions there. There's one that is a petition to raise the degree. As you know, this officer was charged with third degree murder, which means like, oops, didn't mean to do it, but you're dead. Um, which we all know is bullshit. Um, that, so that's the first petition. The other petition is to arrest the other three officers who are clearly complacent um, because they are accessories to murder. Let's just be honest. I say stop supporting any yeah. business that ain't black. And so what else you can do? There's <laughs> also a GoFundMe set up for Gianna Floyd. That's George Floyd's daughter. Um, if you want to invest in her in her future. So that's just a little something. Yeah. You have life insurance. All those things are great. We don't know that. <laughs> Although we don't do that either. So of course, I'm sure he didn't. But right. yeah, all those things are great. But y'all start at home. Start with yourselves. Yep. Because we can do, all, even those organizations that we're donating to, I'm sure white person started those too. So who knows that money's know. even going there. That's Keeping it real. We don't know. So all right, y'all. The conversation <laughs> will continue. Um, thank you guys for tuning in again. Episode 11. Um, just want to shout everybody out that joined us today. We got Jamel Phillips. You want to give us, where can we find you? Um, at Jamel, J-A-M-E-L underscore L underscore Phillips. Thank you so much. We got Mr. TMP. Where can they find you at? So you can find me at 
TMP lyrics. All right. Yes. And now queen. you're a doctor. What do, where can we find you at? <laughs> I just want him to just do the doctor page. I like it. For oh, just God. the doctor, like that would be so boring. The doctor. That is, look, I know. The doctor. No, 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 not the doctor, not the name, but he a doctor. He got it. He he's helping us get a seat at the table. They respect him when they see him. Mm -hmm. Where can we find you at? Ziggy Bay. <laughs> <laughs> On our, our platform. <laughs> oh my Jesus. No, y'all. Um, if you guys have anything you want to add to the conversation, please feel free. Um, hit us up in the DMs. If you. You know, like, comment, share this. If it's anything that, you know, hit on what you believe in. If you didn't agree with some things, let us know. We definitely want to get everybody's opinion. So, again, it's me at the Don B on our platforms. Um, everybody just stay safe. Take care of your mental. We're going to make it through this if the world doesn't end. Uh, second half, what you got? Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't, I mean, for final thoughts, I think at the end of the day, even if you don't understand, continue to empathize, continue to show compassion and continue to check in on one another. Make sure that we're checking on each other's well-being mentally and emotionally right now. A lot of people are really struggling. So reach out and just make sure everyone's okay. And if they do need help, be a resource or at least just be a listening ear. So that's it. Amen. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Um, we love y'all. Stay safe. And thanks again. Bye. Off Black, the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Produced by Don B. and Kay Nicole. Our original music is by Shawn Michael. And our original artwork is by Erratic Ink Art. Yo, yo. You on there? I'm here. Okay. All right. I'll throw it in the usual. Um, and then we'll just get into our intro. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back. Episode 11 now. Ooh, episode 12. We're on yeah, episode 12 now. Episode Dude, 12. I see we have so many episodes that can't keep up. <laughs> we just can't keep track. We're just knocking them out at such an alarming rate. Like, <laughs> who knew? Episode 12? Snuck up on you. But yeah, we're it's going me. for a ride here. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's me, guys. Um, that's at the Don B on all platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Checking in with my other half. Hello, guys. It's me, K Nicole. It's K dot Nicole dot artistry on Instagram and Kayla Nicole on Facebook. Yes, ma'am. How you doing over there? Good, good, good. I'm praying that this all works out, guys. We're trying to record remotely today, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, everything's all good. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. Um, I think we'll win. So far, so good. Listen. Knock on wood. But other than Great. that, things going good. This week's been a little bit lighter, but you know, we're still in the throes of it. So how are you holding up? Uh, you know, kind of the same, I, I guess, you know. I yeah. think that we're all in the same boat, especially for people of color, not saying that it doesn't affect other people because there are plenty of people who this does affect emotionally yeah. that are not of color. So shout out to those people with hearts. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, I think myself as as, uh, as well as everyone else has been feeling the kind of residual emotional effects of what's going on. Um, I think it's important that even though we are a little raw emotionally and all that, I think it's important that we take time for ourselves now more than ever to keep your mental strong. It's um, it's difficult because so much is happening so fast. But part I think part of us wants to keep abreast of what's going on. I respect that because I think part of me is like that. Mm -hmm. um, 
you want to stay on top of what's going on, especially, you know, considering us, we do do a podcast. We do want to stay relevant and current. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, trying to balance that out with keeping your stress levels down, trying not to overanalyze or point fingers or think that everyone is your enemy. Right. Um, it's just, it's difficult to, to navigate such a experience as we're having now, considering that we do come from a time where these type of events in our mind were of old. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that racism existed because we're not crazy. We know that we, we've, most of us have even experienced those kind of run-ins, but I think for the most part, we thought it was few and far between. Mm-hmm. Not that it was on such a scale that it was happening so much that we needed to have this kind of a movement globally. Right. I think that's where a lot of the shock and awe comes from is most of us just, we didn't know. Like we knew it was bad, but we didn't know it was this bad. Mm -hmm. Still in this day and age. Right. And it's almost to a point where we don't even still want to believe that it's this bad. Oh no, people are still, that's a, I'll get there. Go ahead. (laughs) No, get there. Tell me, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I was just, I tweeted the other day, I was like, I'll be so happy when we get past the point of being like surprised by racism. Like, I don't want to see right. any more like posts about, um, oh, so and so. Can you believe so and so said this? Cancel this person. So and so did this. It's like, okay, look, everybody at this point, we're swinging in all directions. You know what I mean? It's like, let's stop getting past the, the, the shock and awe of racism. It's like, newsflash, it exists. When we, when we slide into our off topics in a little bit. That's a, a part of the off topics and we'll get there but yeah i mean definitely not surprising anymore yeah it's just like i don't i'm just tired of us doing like the shock and odds like okay newsflash that's been happening for a while let's get past it and work on a plan that's thing right. i have the answer to it but it's just like every other day it's a new video of like you know it's just very frustrating to watch those videos over and over and over so it's just like okay it i'm is. not saying don't call people out but it has to be a fine balance of like it's not healthy for us to be seeing that kind of stuff all the time, you know? It's not. And it's almost, you know, so sickening to the point that I feel like um, it's become entertainment. Yeah, it's entertaining. And that's really a scary place to be in. Yeah. Well, it's we all, don't it's, want people losing their lives to be considered entertaining. I mean, think about it. It always has been. Like, not to get back on that topic, we covered all this last week, but just look at those pictures of, you know, it was just in the 60s when they were still lynching people. And it was like a town square thing, like 40s and 50s and 60s. I know. Like the whole town would come out to watch like it was something to do and take pictures, cheesing and smiling with their kids, with the bodies hanging up. Like it literally is inter- entertainment. So oh, this is a new, this whole thing with the shootings and the camera is like a new school version of that. Like it's still, it's always been entertainment. Like I hate to say that, but I, we, we don't have to go back into you know, fight the powers that be because it, it was a lot last week. But 